Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. God, welcome to the cafe. Welcome to the broadcast. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad you could join me here today. A little rainy outside. Man, I don't, I've just got some sparkling water here because I already had coffee probably too early. Maybe I had a little too much. I don't know. But uh, hopefully you got uh, coffee or tea, something nice to comfort you here. Maybe you got a notepad. I love notepads. I've got a notepad problem. I ordered more. I don't need them and I ordered more. So hopefully you got a notepad. You can take some notes. As we dive into the scripture, we're in such a pivotal part of the scripture in Genesis 3. I love, love, love this chapter because it paints such a perfect picture of the fall. And you look around in the world today and you see the consequences of sin. So just overwhelming at times. Because, you know, you see see a little girl in a wheelchair and you say, oh, Lord, how, why and how, right? Well, I don't think there were there was a wheelchair in the Garden of Eden. I don't think there was any deformity in perfection, okay? That, that, would, that wouldn't work. In perfection, there was no deformity, right? Now, I know it works for humility, and I know it builds character. I grew up in a broken home. Man, I went through some stuff, and I know kids have had it a lot worse than me, but I had it pretty bad, and it's built a character in me that wouldn't have been there if I had grown up in comfort. So I know there's lots of good things that can come out of the fire and so forth. And I know that a lot of people that God calls to the ministry have have had really brutal pasts. I I know some pastors, I've heard their testimonies that just blow you away, blow you away how rough they've had it. So I, I know God's up to something here. That said, it is sad. That said, here in Genesis 3, I'm gonna read one through four, touch on two and three, and then get to four pretty quickly here. We'll do a few parts on four, but That said, it's just so sad that it had to happen, that sin had to happen. Let's see what the devil's doing here in Genesis 3 that tricks man, okay, and and how God's resolved it. Genesis 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden... God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Verse 4 here. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Mm. Let me ask you a question here today. Was the serpent lying to the woman? Yes. Did Eve die? Yes. Like I can't go to knock on Eve's door. I can't go look Eve up on YouTube and see what she's doing or on Facebook or something. I can't do that because Eve died. They lived a long time. It was a different time. They were not supposed to die, but she died. The devil lied then. The devil is lying now. And the devil's main tool in his toolbox is why he wouldn't want this episode to get out. He'll try to bury it. But guess what? His main tool is to lie. Is to lie to people. He bold-faced lied to her and said, you won't surely die. Yeah, that's a lie. Jesus calls the devil a liar. We're going to get to that as soon as we come back to this break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. 
We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. And so we see here the devil lied. And you know what? Can you imagine like, you know, how much we could avoid in life, how much pain we could avoid in life if we didn't fall for these temptations? You know, and I, that all comes down to not personal strength, but that comes down to biblical literacy, belief in God, dependency on God and prayer. That's how you defeat the serpent. Amen. That's how you defeat, defeat the tempter. That's how you defeat the father of all lies. You do it not in your power, but by the power of God through the working of the Holy Spirit, because we're no match for the devil. Eve was no match for the devil. And guess what? If I was there, if you were there, we wouldn't have been a match either. We are far, we are weak. We are like from the dirt. We are far uh, inferior, okay, um, to a spiritual war that is being fought by uh, the devil and his fallen angels against God's own. And here we see it play out word for word, line by line. And we see that if we're just prayed up, if we're studied up, if we're just yoked up with God, then the devil can't touch us because we are his, amen. That would be trespassing against God's own. That, you know, the devil is not telling Eve, you have to do this or I'm gonna burn you with fire. The devil doesn't have that authority to do it. The devil's saying, can I trick you to do it? Can I entice you to do it? Can I touch upon the things that you desire to have you to do it, right? And if we are weak in the spirit, if we are lukewarm, if we are out in the world, we're no match whatsoever. Amen. When I was in middle school, I had a coach, Billy McKimmy, McKamey, I don't remember his name. He drove a Ford Bronco. He was a man's man. He, we were about seventh, eighth grade. He said, boys, you don't want to get in trouble. Don't go to this place where the bad ladies hang out. Okay, I'll leave it at that. But it was sage advice. He said, you don't, you know, if you don't want to avoid temptation, like don't go around it. Don't flirt with temptation. Don't be foolish, right? And that is the truth. That is the gospel truth. And we see here in God's word, Jesus Christ represents holiness, light, and everything good in life, okay? And we see in John 8, that same chapter referenced in the last episode, we see in John 8, the Pharisees, the scribes are going back and forth with Jesus. This is later on in John 8. I'm going to read two separate passages here. First is John 8, 13 through 20. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. So here we see some lies. Verse 14, Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Now, just to stop there for a second, when did the Father bear witness of God, Jesus Christ, on earth? Remember when he was baptized by John the Baptist, a dove came descending down saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Amen. That's bearing witness. Okay. Verse 19. Then said they unto him, where is thy father? Jesus answered, ye neither know me nor know my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple and no man laid hands on him for his hour was not yet come. So they wanted to kill him. 
All right, now I'm going to go a little bit further for time's sake in John 8, 33 through 45. So same chapter, going to 33 through 45. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? See, they're, they're blind, right? Okay. Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in that house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know ye, that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Now, who's their father? That's not, it's not, it's not Father God. You know, you have people saying, oh, we're all God's children. Nope, we're all created by God, but we're not all God's children. Jesus is making a delineation here between the goat and the sheep, and the goat, those are, those are the, their father is the devil. Uh, let's see here. Verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me. So see, Jesus is putting a mirror up and reflecting their own behavior and their own thoughts on themselves. A, uh, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. If ye did the deeds of your father, then said they to him, we be not born of fornication, we have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceedeth forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. So Jesus himself calls the devil a liar, a murderer, a deceiver, right? That's another word for liar. And this is poetic because they are approaching him there arguing with him, they're looking at God incarnate, they're looking at God in the flesh, and they don't believe he's God. And they want to argue about their lineage, that they have lineage to Abraham. And Jesus is explaining that just because you're born of this group doesn't make you automatically saved. You have to believe. And if you believed, then you would follow me and accept me. But because you don't believe and you reject me, you are in, in, in fact rejecting the Father because he and the Father are one. That's two parts of the Holy Trinity. The third part we get when we accept Christ as Savior. That's all three parts there. But they are not, they are not accepting Jesus. They're rejecting him and they're living under a lie. What was the lie that this particular group was living under? It was that idea of good deeds, uh, creating extra burden for man to follow and being hypocritical and not following it yourself. It was the idea of, you know what? We can live a certain way that would uh, bring us approval before God. And we have some superior knowledge that makes us uh, able to judge righteously in this earth. So they were not acknowledging their own sin because the law was there not to, um, get man to heaven, the law was there to prove to man they couldn't get to heaven without God, right? And so just as the rule or the law in the Garden of Eden was for Eve not to eat of that fruit and Adam not to eat of, the, eat of that fruit, and just as they fell short of that law, we have here all, all these years later, the scribes and the Pharisees still arguing with Jesus saying, we're law abiding. 
we know the law, we teach the law, who are you, right? Rather than being honest with themselves, saying that, you know what, we're hypocrites. We're hypocrites. We're, we're not right. We're not right with you. Let me read this verse here. I just thought of it. Luke 18, 10 through 14. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. A publican is a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as the other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican is over here. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Verse 13, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much his eyes unto the heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That's Luke 18, 10 through 14. Look it up if you would. What do we see here? Who was exalting themselves in that interaction with Jesus in John 8? The scribes and the Pharisees. They were saying that they knew, that they knew God, they knew the way, and they weren't humble. Jesus was so humble to even speak to them, to even entertain their discourse. And they were exalting themselves. And Jesus was explaining, you are being tricked, right? When Eve went with the suggestion, the lie the devil told, even though she knew well what God had said to do, even though proof was all around her in paradise of God's creating power, of his knowledge, of his deity, of his sovereignty, when she went with the devil's lie, she was exalting herself. She said, you know what? I should be just like the powers above. I should be everything. I should have all of this. And God had said no. Did God say no for her good or his good? He said no for her good. Okay, like if she had simply ob abided by what God had said, if she had simply believed in God, she wouldn't have fallen into that grave sin, which would have led to the uh, expulsion from the Garden of Eden and led to a life of punishment, of pain, of curse, of death, and that legacy of death onwards even till today. All of that was from a decision that was rooted in unbelief. And today God's calling all those that would hear to believe on him and to be saved from their sin that happened there in the Garden of Eden. And next episode, we're going to pick up and look a little deeper at this interaction to see what we can learn for here and today. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.